On today's Locked On Texans podcast, we are joined by Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints for this crossover edition. We're going to talk about how Houston can go into this game and come out with a win. Also, what the Houston Texans must do in order to stop the New Orleans Saints on Sunday from securing a win as well while the Texans are at home. It's going to be fun. It's going to be Texas. It's going to be Louisiana. It's going to be all things all south. So you definitely want to check out today's pod. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to this crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Texans and Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the Houston Texans and the New Orleans Saints, both a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Texans and Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. For today's episode, we're previewing this New Orleans Saints-Houston Texans matchup. I got my boy, John Hickman, at John underscore Hickman 12, the co-host over at Locked on Texans, along with the one, the only Cody Davis. And I am Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. We are here to break this one down. In today's episode, this crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Saints and Locked on Texans brought to you by our friends at Prize picks who bring you all of our crossover Thursday episodes, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Head over to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL today and use the promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. John, we're going to be looking at the matchups that matter most that could potentially win this game. We're going to be taking a look at what each of these teams needs to do to win. And of course, we're going to kick everything off with the biggest story for each of these teams. What's the biggest story for the Houston Texans going in because I think we got some offensive themes going on between both of these teams yeah man first <laughs> and foremost it's so good to see you again brother but I think for the Houston Texans to jump right into it they got to make sure that their offensive playmakers are involved this is a team here in Houston that I mean uh, I could talk all I want to about the Saints that defense is playing some good football right now no That's doubt about defense. it and, and for Houston what they've been able to do successfully in order to get some ball games under their dub column is they got Tang Dale involved, they got Nico Collins involved. Guys were able to get involved in the passing attack. Well, on Sunday versus the Atlanta Falcons, another NFC South mate, um, they weren't able to do that consistently. They cannot afford to lose this game because Nico Collins only saw four targets. Unacceptable. When Tank Dale mm -hmm. went down, the rest of the offense stopped. You got to find ways to get John Mechie involved, who we love here in Houston. He's a guy that with his seven targets, I believe he's caught in six of his targets. Get him involved. Dalton Schultz, all hands on deck because this Saints defense can win at all three levels from what I'm seeing. They can stop the run. They're good at stopping the pass. So that's what I'm looking at. How can your playmakers here in Houston take advantage of the small margin of error that the Saints could allow on Sunday? Yeah, that's got to be huge. I mean, we've we've seen that a little bit here in New Orleans as well. Like, get the ball to your playmakers and let them go out there and here, here you go, shocker, make plays. Who thunk it? Uh, and I know that yeah, Tank Dell's in concussion protocol and everything yes. like that. Do you know kind of where that is when it comes to to the young playmaker? Not as of right now. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, for Houston, he has an opportunity uh, maybe on Thursday or Friday to mm -hmm. maybe get some burn. 
Uh, Christian Harris is coming back defensively, so that's good. He was out last mm-hmm. week. But in terms of Tangdale, I do not know where he is right now. That's a big potential piece that will either be there or not be there for the Houston Texans. It kind of shifts the way that the New Orleans Saints could be looking at things because what that guy could do with the ball in his hands is absolutely incredible. And I love that he stayed in Houston too. Like and a I, cool storyline. I do want to add Noah Brown did return from IR this week. That's great. Week one, mm-hmm. Noah Brown was the guy that Houston, the veteran, right? They wanted to see yep. what he can do for this team, but he got hurt in week one. And that kind of was a blessing in disguise for not only Tank Dale, but this Houston's offense because mm-hmm. of inserting Tank Dale and him getting more snaps had really opened up the playbook. And, and of course, that guy's a playmaker. You give him – you don't need a lot of space, but he can make plays uh, whenever he gets the ball. So, Noah Brown is returning back, and I think that will kind of help Houston out a little bit on some of the things that they want to do because of the familiarity there with Noah Brown. Yeah, that's big. That is big. And 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 you love Nico Collins and sort of the energy that he brings. So there's a test here. Like a lot of these names might not be, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, at home names or household names for people outside of Houston. But these are are big names and a big part of why yes. C.J. Stroud and that Houston Texans offense have been so successful here throughout the season. As I look at the biggest story for the New Orleans Saints, look, they're coming off of a 34 to zero shutout of the New England Patriots and John it feels like no one's impressed by it. And I think that's the right attitude. I really, Mm -hmm. really do. Because this has been an offense in particular that struggled to find its footing, play calling issues, executing issues, spacing issues, all these different things that they, penalty issues, all that, which was still uh, a bit of an issue for them, or not even a bit. It was absolutely an issue for them last week. I think it was still 12 penalties. You don't usually shut a team out when you commit 12 penalties in a game. So there's a lot of this that still needs to get cleaned up. And I think what the New Orleans Saints are kind of looking for here and what their biggest story is going into this one is can they replicate the performance doesn't mean that they need to pitch another 34 to zero shutout as nice as that would be for any saints fan you have to understand that that's like entirely unrealistic and unfounded in terms of like the the expectation but can they score multiple times on the offensive side can the defense keep points off the board all of those things that they kind of showed hey they have the potential to get it done against the subpar team in the new england patriots can they get it done against a much better team in the houston texans that's going to be something that proves a lot to Saints fans that are waiting to see what this New Orleans Saints team can be in 2023. When you look at the Saints offense, I mean, you guys got playmakers. Alvin Kamara, uh, Chris Olave, who I really do love, Ohio mm-hmm. State guy. You're getting Michael Thomas back, who I think has looked fairly good for the amount of time that he's missed. Yep. There's playmakers on that offense. Uh, just like the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then you hear Fire Matt Canada. So when I, I want to ask you about <laughs> right. Pete Carmichael, you, um, the OC for New Orleans, man. Is it is it is it him and the play calling that you know that he's he's going through, or is it just they have to wait to get a groove because Alvin Kamara just came back? Uh, is it a groove thing, or is it a lack of play calling thing for New Orleans right now? Yeah, I, that's a great question. It's a great way to frame it too. Here's what I'll say: I, I do think that it is a little bit of a groove thing, where you do have to get that down, you do have to find your rhythm, all of that stuff. But the reason that the rhythm has been so stifled now that we've watched over 22 games at this point of a Pete Carmichael called offense <laughs> is that the play calling isn't necessarily there. We've yeah. seen 22 games with Pete Carmichael as the offensive coordinator. We've watched this team score over 30 points 
three times, one of which was just last week. And that was after a streak of them not topping 20 for like 10 games or something like that. So I think that, you know, you look at three different quarterbacks over the course of that time, you look at a bunch of different offensive playmakers in and out of the lineup at that time, inconsistent usage of those playmakers. Hello, Taysom Hill being a big part of that. So I do think that there is a large part of it that is play calling. And there's also pieces of it that are the execution, but you can go out there and execute a play perfectly. But if that play doesn't match the situation, it's never going to match the situation. You can't match it enough. You can't execute it well enough that all of a sudden it matches the situation, right? So I do think that there's a little bit of the putting players in position to succeed. And then also the onus then on the players to go out there and succeed when put in the right positions. Last question, man. The last time we had an opportunity to be around each other, Mobile, Alabama, we mm -hmm. was at the Senior Bowl last year, and Trevor Pennon was one of those participants in the Senior yep. Bowl. Um, he was a guy that I didn't think he had the best of technique. I thought he was a guy that was overly aggressive, and he was a guy that I could see at that time costing his team penalties because of his lack of awareness and just boneheaded plays. So far to this year, have you seen – because that was a part of his rookie year mistakes. But have you seen an, an improved and mature version of Trevor Penn throughout the first five games of the year? Yeah, I, I do think so. But I think the interesting thing is, and John, you remember this from the senior bowl, everyone touted Trevor Penning as this outstanding run blocker who needed to make strides as a pass blocker. I think that we've seen the strides of the pass blocker in process. He's not a finished product by any means, and he's not going to be until probably his third or fourth year in the season where you finally get our third and fourth year in his career, just in time for the fifth year option conversation <laughs> to be able to say, all right, this is kind of who Trevor Penning is going to be. But right now, what you've actually seen is a little bit of a uh, a regression as a run blocker while making the progress as a pass blocker. So I think that he's got to kind of get better at closing that gap so that he can be a little bit more all around. Mm -hmm. uh, you've seen the Saints run a lot of their offense in terms of their rush offense to the right side behind Ryan Ramchick, behind Cesar Ruiz, behind the center Eric McCoy. That's been the focus of that uh, uh, of the run game so far. And if you don't have the diversity directionally to go both ways, then you're going to end up in trouble eventually up against the right front. So great question. And, and I think that like when I look at Trevor Penning, I can see the progress, but where the regress is happening is a little bit concerning. So it's going to be interesting watching him throughout the rest of the year. And I know that for you, that's a big time matchup, right? The, 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 the way that you're looking at the trenches. So that's what we're going to take a look at next, because when it comes down to these two teams, there's still a lot to talk about. So we got a lot left here. We ain't even close. We ain't even done yet. So as we look ahead here, we're going to be taking a look at the matchups that could change the game in this weekend's uh, matchup here, starting with winning the trenches. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Texans and Locked on Saints here on this crossover Thursday on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And before we move forward, Texans and Saints fans, I want to let you guys know about Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports is super simple. It's just you versus the numbers. So for Texan fans, do you believe CJ Shroud is going to pass for more than 242 and a half passing yards? If so, you pick the more or you pick the less. For the Saints fans out there, do you believe that Alvin Kamara can rush for 63 and a half rushing yards? If so, once again, you pick the more or less, and it's super simple. 
They got them on every player available right now, and this is an easier way to get in on the daily fantasy sports. And, again, it's exciting. It's fun. You definitely want to get in. Go to prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first-time deposit match up to $100. Again, prospects.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D NFL for a first-time deposit match up to $100. All right, y'all, continuing on with this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Texans and Locked On Saints. Man, uh, John, you know, we got a lot to look at here in terms of the potential matchups, right? Like there's a lot of really good matchups in in this one. But if you're going to kind of, we got to kind of squeeze it down to just one that could end up deciding this game. For all you everydayers out there, we appreciate you making us your first listen of the day every day. John, if you were to squeeze this down and take a look at just one matchup that could change this game, what's the matchup that you're watching? I got to go O-line versus D-line, and I think that's for both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. How can Houston's offensive line, who is getting some players back, Titus Howard's coming back, right? Larry Tunsil, they came back the last couple of games, and they allowed zero pressures, zero sacks on that Mm -hmm. left side of the ball. Um, And then on the defensive side of the ball, I wanted to ask about Trevor Penning because – this is an opportunity for John Grenard and Will Anderson. I want to see Will Anderson get some of this mm-hmm. one-on-one action versus Trevor Pennant. I think he's a player that if he doesn't beat him because he's just doing that great off the line of scrimmage, I think he can get in Trevor Pennant's hand and we can get some of those penalties and help that defense out um, as well, some holding calls. So I'm looking at the trenches play for Houston on both sides. I believe that how good – to go back to the offensive line, excuse me, how good this Saints defense has been versus the run. It's going to be very important for you as an offensive line here in Houston to make sure that you're giving C.J. Stroud the time he needs to get in rhythm because if not, you don't want to see this rookie quarterback go out against a very good defense and get rattled to the point where he's creating turnovers because he doesn't have that time. This goes back to last week. You guys did a very good job. And I'm going to just switch hats right here real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a Patriot fan, embarrassing Mac Jones in that offense. But that's because you were able to create those turnovers and get into his face, cause that pressure. So mm-hmm. going back to what I believe can't happen here in Houston, as I t- switch hats back, you got to make sure you give him time and give Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary. And I think Devin Singletary deserves more snaps and carries. Give them the smallest of crease to pick up some of these, you know, first downs, right? Move yeah. the ball. Don't be so predictable running the ball. But you got to do that. And for defensively, the D-line, you guys got to get after the quarterback. No sack last week. That's unacceptable. Didn't cause any pressure to Desmond Ritter. Derek Carr isn't a guy that's going to use his legs a lot. He's mm-hmm. a guy that you can get into his face. And once you do then you're looking at the back half of your defense being able to create turnovers. So it all starts in the trenches for me. Yeah, it has to. And I think that for the New Orleans Saints defense in particular, it's it's the same thing, right? It's the same way to where you're looking at this defense wants to force C.J. Stroud into situations to where he has to pass because the run game isn't working. Make the deep, make the team one-dimensional and then go after the rookie quarterback. This isn't rocket science, right? Like everyone knows what the New Orleans Saints defense is going to want to do to C.J. Stroud so that the Houston Texans who, I mean, those numbers are impressive in terms of what Laramie Tunsil and this, this offensive line has done so far uh, to keep him, you know, 
there to the point where he hasn't thrown what is it 220 something uh passing attempts without an interception so no far pick. got the record that. yep and he's like 26 away from like whatever the next one is and all that so it, it, it's a it's a remarkable thing what cj shroud is doing who was qb1 on the board by the way it was not bryce young uh going into this draft so <laughs> i'm gonna just this is the smallest pat on the back just the smallest pat on the back but the new orleans saints either go out there and play against cj stroud like he is qb1 and so far he has proven uh that he probably should have been uh so far with what we've seen throughout this season um if i'm looking at the matchup that i'm gonna hone in on for for the new orleans saints that i think will decide this i think this is kind of in marriage with the same thing that relationship between rush versus coverage but for me it's got to be the Saints secondary up against the texans pass catchers right mm -hmm. there's the playmakers that you mentioned guys like noah brown who can create guys like john mechie who you know we it was a we big guy that we yeah i know everybody's waiting we to see waiting you know, for their breakout is game. he gonna be that guy and i think he eventually will be he was somebody we had ranked highly on locked on saints as well during his draft cycle if tank dell is back out there and nico collins and the energy that he brings dalton schultz and what he can do as a pass catcher i mean there are and and, and certainly what you saw them do toward the tail end of the game last week and so i i love sort of this assembly of pass catchers that Houston has because they operate under the radar. Like these aren't guys that people talk about a lot, but they're out there making plays and they're part of the what third best passing attack in the NFL in terms of yardage right now with yeah. a rookie quarterback. And so for me, Marshawn Lattimore, Paul Sinadibo, Alante Taylor, the, the three corners there, the safeties, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May coming back for this game after serving his three game suspension. All of those guys matching up against these pass catchers and playmakers, it's not going to twist it, against the Houston Texans over on the offensive side have got to go out there and take away that passing game as best as they can. Because if the front, the the you know the 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 New Orleans Saints front is forcing the run game out of the factor, then that means that the secondary has to be ready and they've got to be able to either cover long enough for the pass rush to get home. The Saints don't have a speedy pass rush. That's not their game. They're a big, powerful, wear you out kind of pass rush. So those that coverage kind of has to hold over on the back end. And if that can happen, then the pass rush can get home. If the pass rush can get home, then you start seeing some of those mistakes that you just mentioned uh, from Mac Jones and the, and the New England Patriots. But CJ Stroud, a much more composed quarterback and has the mobility to make things complicated. So that coverage has to be a big piece for this New Orleans Saints team. I also would like to add, it's going to take a hell of a play-calling game from uh, Bobby Slork. And I thought that last week mm. there was times where he stuck to the run where you, ideally you want to move away from it because it wasn't successful. Mm -hmm. And he didn't necessarily do the things that we saw him do as a play-caller uh, in the games against the Jacksonville Jaguars or the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, where I thought he called a phenomenal game mm -hmm. against the Steelers. Uh, near flawless game. And I'm looking at a Saints defense where they don't allow third down conversions. I think three, third or fourth in the league. They are very good in the red zone. Teams are not necessarily scoring on the Saints. Mm -hmm. They're very good against the run, 3.9 yards per carry as a defense. And so how can you help out your offense? And what thing that he did against T.J. Widener, boys, man, we saw a lot of the tight ends get involved in chipping down before they ran a route. Mm -hmm. before uh, or doing the run and combining with the tackles. You saw him use motion a lot to get some of those uh, opportunities and for your playmakers. And so I'm looking at Bobby Slug and I'm thinking to myself, how can you help out the offense? We've seen you do it before. We've seen two back-to-back 30-point -back games. You cannot leave out of uh, the game on Sunday thinking to yourself, man, what happened? Why are we seeing the Atlanta Falcons game offense or the 
mm. Colts at the beginning of the year offense and not the two games where this team dropped 30 on the other team's head. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great point. And you know, Bobby Slow, of course, he's a first time play caller now, right? Yeah, so he's trying to find his way. And he's Pete Carmichael. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, he was the guy that I I looked at and said, "Hey, if the Saints change play callers this offseason, go get Bobby Slowick. Like, like attach yourself to that San Francisco 49ers Kyle Shanahan tree <laughs> as quickly as possible <laughs> because he's going to go and have like two good seasons, and then he's immediately going to be in the head, head coach conversation coach, yeah. because of how much the NFL overreacts <laughs> to offensive <laughs> court. <laughs> it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. But you gotta love it. You gotta love it, right? It's the, it's the league that we're in. So, um, but w- when it comes down to what these teams must do to win this game, it's all about control. Will the Houston Texans yes. control the way that this one goes, or will it be the New Orleans Saints? That's going to be the deciding factor. We're going to break that down as we continue on and wrap up this crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Texans, Locked On Saints here, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, every day. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five lifesaver antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you do not just sit in the corner and hope that you have the access to the medication that you desperately need in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. And here's a little tidbit for you guys. Whenever you check out Jace Case, get $20 off the life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Case from Jace Medical by using promo code Locked On at checkout at JaceMedical.com. That is J-A-S-E Medical.com. Use promo code Locked On to get your twenty dollars off the life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical. All right, y'all, wrapping up this crossover Thursday episode, Locked on Texans, Locked on Saints. My boy, John Hickman, and I, Ross Jackson, here chopping it up and getting ready for this big matchup, which I I love this matchup because these are two teams that, like, if they're good at the same time, they're close enough to be the favorites for, you know, the AFC favorite and the NFC favorite for a lot of fans and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of Louisiana, you know, people that are Houston Rockets fans or Houston, uh, not Houston Rockets, sorry, Houston Astros fans, for instance, and stuff like that, because there's no baseball team here. So, like, I, the, the, yeah, there it is. There it is. He's showing you, it's just for the audio listeners. He's got the, he's rocking the Astros hoodie for all you Astros fans out there. So, you got to love like the relationship that can be built between, you know, these two fan bases and things like that. Uh, A lot of people from, New Orleans and Houston, a lot of people from Houston and New Orleans, like there's a lot of love here. So as we break this one down, though, one of these teams has to beat the other. It can't be all good news. It can't be all roses and rainbows. So what is it that the Houston Texans need to do to beat the New Orleans Saints on Sunday? Well, really quick, you know, there's an old song and it goes down here in Texas and Louisiana. It's all about that man. <laughs> Rest in peace, Big Pokey. Uh, so, <laughs> so I had to throw that in. Uh, but you know, we got established the rhythm. We got all of that. When I I want to look at the game versus the Falcons and understand how Houston has to build on this. Mm-hmm. After they went up twelve to seven that lead, the Atlanta Falcons held the ball for sixteen minutes compared to Houston a minute and forty five seconds, and they completely lost the time of possession because they were not able to do what guys convert on third 
downs. I don't care how bad of an offense you're playing. If they have the ball long enough, nine times out of ten, they're going to score more than you will. Now, for Houston, it came down to the wire. They went on their last drive, and C.J. Stroud threw a dot to Dalton Schultz, and they went up at that point. The defense at that point was tired, and they allowed the Atlanta Falcons to get down on the field. But I think for Houston, they got to control the clock. This is a tough defense. This is a defense that can get you off the field. So you got to put the pressure on the offense by scoring points. Do I believe the Saints can go out there and just drop 30? Absolutely not. No. They haven't shown me the <laughs> ability to do so. Right. But do I believe that Saints defense can go out there and stop you from scoring 20? Absolutely. Exactly. So you put the pressure by moving the ball, moving the chains, holding the ball, winning the time of possession, putting points on the board. Field goals will not win you this game, only touchdowns. And I think that's how Houston can get the dub on Sunday. I love that. And I think for the New Orleans Saints, like looking at it from their perspective here about what they need to do to get a win, I think that it comes down to control, right? Just like we were talking about earlier, they they need to make sure that CJ Shroud does not catch his rhythm, right? They need to keep him off of the field. They need to disrupt him when he is on the field, all of those things. And a lot of that's going to come down to getting that Houston Texans offense off the field. Uh, it was four of 13, I think, last week. Yeah, four of 13 against yeah. the Falcons when it came to yeah, uh, third down, right? Third down conversions. Um, the New Orleans Saints held New England last week to one of 14. And look, to me, in my opinion, CJ Stroud's a better quarterback than, than Mac Jones. The playmakers that the Houston Texans have are better than the playmakers that the New England Patriots lack, if we're being honest. And so I think that Houston overall is a better offense than, than New England. Uh, the, the edge of Bill Belichick doesn't help you on the offensive side, as we've seen year after year after year. And so I think that for New Orleans, they have to be able to replicate the performance defensively that they've shown in the first, second, and fifth games of the season, which is get the opposing offense off the field, build your rhythm while not allowing the opposing team to build their rhythm. And for a young quarterback like C.J. Stroud, that's big because if he hits a rhythm, things get comfortable. If he can't hit a rhythm, things stay uncomfortable. You might be mm -hmm. able to take advantage of some mistakes. It doesn't necessarily mean interceptions, but an overthrow here, a sailed ball there, a miscommunication with a wide receiver there, a, a missed block somewhere, everybody off rhythm is going to be what it is that will help the New Orleans Saints end up with a win here. So I think that that's got to be the biggest thing that they do. And then on the opposite side controlling time of possession Saints won time of possession last week the Atlanta the Houston Texans lost time of possession last week by nearly 10 minutes or over 10 minutes actually and so I think that that becomes a piece of the formula that you want to take from you know a, a defense that is built Atlanta's defense is built to mimic the New Orleans Saints defense it's Ryan Nielsen doing what then he did with Dennis Allen just last year right. this year and so if the Saints can kind of replicate that success but be the you know, not the greater value version of their defense and be the usual version of, you know, the name brand version, the Keebler, if you will, um, <laughs> then they end Huts. up being in position. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They end up being in position to be able to get that done. But that easier said than done, of course. Uh, but I think that that's the thing that they need to do in order to cement a win on Sunday. Is there a, um, a, a great value version of Obey or Slap Your Mama? Is there? Oh, I don't. It's it's probably it's probably like the uh, it's just salt New pepper. Orleans. It's, you know? <laughs> it's just salt pepper. <laughs> it ain't no Cajun spice in it. Yeah. In New Orleans, and right. I mean, I'm gonna say this another thing, Houston man, because look, like, we thought we started this segment off that the franchises, the states, are very connected to one another. Mm -hmm. There's nobody in Texas that doesn't have family in Louisiana, 
and vice versa. That's so true. But for you Texan fans out there, y'all don't let no 504 black and gold who that nation coming to the NRG stadium. Oh, they're going to be traveling, bro. <laughs> and out fan y'all. Don't let it happen. That is such a good angle on this game. Don't let yeah. it happen. It's it's so close that like a lot of Saints fans are going to make that trip. They are some of them are already be- here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they they've been here. I've heard it. I see it. Texas fans, you got a reason to go out to the stadium this year. It's not Davis Mills. It's not Pep Hamilton calling plays. It's energy out on the field. It's not David Cully. It's not Levy Smith. It's a product worth watching. Mm. Get out to the field. Get out to the stands. Get some trio burger in your system, and don't let the Saints outfan y'all on Sunday. Please represent Ooh. proud. That's such a good point. Well, I, I will say this. Um, here in New Orleans, we boil the crawfish in the seasoning. Putting the seasoning on after it's boiled that's doesn't crazy. make any sense. That's crazy, right? That's Let crazy. them know. Let yeah, them know. Let them know when you crazy. show up, New Orleans. <laughs> All right. You got a score prediction for this one? Uh, I'm going to say 24-23. Houston edges it out. Close yeah, game. I, I, think, I, I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I think it's going to be close, too. The, uh, the spread for this one is just – uh, minus one and a half for the New Orleans Ooh. Saints in favor of the New Orleans Saints traveling. Oh. Just a one and a half point spread. Over under is 42 and a half. I think I'm going the under on this one. Um, and I, I think for me, I, I'm looking at like, I was really close to yours. Like I was going like 21, 20. Like yeah. I think that that ends up like, I do think it's a slim margin a very, very slim margin that decides this game for sure. I think so, man. But I think it's going to be a very good game. I think we're yeah. going to. I, so let me say this. I'm not hoping for it before we leave. I think CJ is going to throw his first interception or maybe get his mm. first turnover. Uh, I, I'm not the type of person to look over how good the defense is. And through five yeah. weeks, the Saints defense is real. Like yeah. they got some dogs. And so Houston has some dogs. And we've seen them create turnovers. So um, almost did last week against the Falcons. And I think the Saints will create a turnover. They're, they're just that good. But I think that we're going to see. I think a, a, a point explosion in the second half, I think so. For Houston, I think it's going to be a close game, but a very good game. Yeah, Like a yeah, very I, good game. Like a, I, I'm watching I, this game type of good game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think this is going to be one we're going to be talking about for a little bit. If y'all want more from the Houston Texans, make sure you tune in to the Friday episode over at Locked on Texans. John Hickman and Cody Davis bringing you everything you need to know from the Texans' perspective ahead of this game. If you want the Saints' perspective, Locked on Saints, the game plan every Friday. What do you have to do to win your game this weekend? That's what we're going to be breaking down on Locked on Texans and on Locked on Saints. For John Hickman, at John underscore Hickman 12 on social media. I'm Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson NOLA. Locked on Texans, Locked on Saints. We thank you very much for being here and for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Somebody bring me some billies.